Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Today is October 10th, which is the last day to register to vote in North Carolina. If you haven't done so, shame on you. You're listening to Far Rock Live, and I am your host, Shirley, and thank you so much for tuning in today. That's right, today was the last day to register to vote here in North Carolina, and I hope that you took the opportunity to exercise your right to vote. You know our history. You know what our ancestors went through to get to the polls, to even have the opportunity to vote. So it's no excuse for anybody not to register to vote as well as go out and vote, participate in this year's election. It is one of the most historical elections of our times. So do your part. It is your civic duty. Think back a couple of years during the presidential election. There was so much going on, especially in the state of Florida. We are not immune for those kind of tactics to happen with this election. And believe me, some people are going to pull out everything they can to interfere with you getting to the polls to cast your vote. In today's newspaper, there was an article that North Carolina to change the way it vets its new voters. On Thursday, the New York Times named North Carolina as one of several states that are checking the Social Security numbers of hundreds of thousands of new voters despite federal laws requiring that numbers be checked only if state-issued identification is not available. The Social Security database is plagued with errors which would force some qualified voters to provide additional identification, adding an unnecessary barrier to voting. The State Board of Elections Director said he did not have the numbers available Thursday on how many new voters might have been flagged for the November election because their Social Security numbers did not match federal records. I want to stop there. If you if you did register to vote, hopefully you used the right information. You're just hurting the, yourself and the process by using erroneous information. And I'm not saying anybody did that, but you know how some people do some things. However, many of these voters will not likely have problems on Election Day because they also have provided valid driver's license numbers. And those whose whose numbers were flagged, you can still vote if you have some identification that is state-issued. So, in other words, you have to prove your identity and prove who you are, and they will use, again, any tactic to keep you from casting your vote. So, and from what I understand, the Social Security or either the Board of Elections did send out letters to individuals who they felt there was a problem with a match in Social Security numbers. So if you are one of those people that got a letter, make sure you take a secondary ID. Because the Social Security Administration is saying that the Social Security number is not, I repeat, the Social Security number is not and should not be the primary form of identification that people ask you for at the polling places. 
They are saying that the driver's license is a primary ID and that any other that the voters are then asked to provide some other form of ID, such as a, ut- a utility bill or other government document- documentation that shows your name and address. Last week, the Social Security Administration sent a letter to the state saying that North Carolina had checked a far greater number than any state of its similar size. The letter also said that Social Security numbers should be checked only for those without valid state identification. And the letter goes on to say that we ask that you bring your procedures into conformance, conformance with legal obligations. So again, in some areas in North Carolina, they may be requiring you to show identifications, but according to what I just read to you in the Social Security Administration, if you don't have a Social Security card on hand, some other acceptable forms of identification is a state-issued government ID card, your driver's license, and a utility bill showing your, your name and address. That's important because we are down to like 25 days to this general election. And again, these people are going to do everything they can to make sure you-know-who does not get into office. Speaking of you-know-who, is he really going to be the first president of color in America? Mm, I have uncovered some information that may say that is not the case, and we will talk about that later on in the show. So I also want to say that I've been in contact with, because I know, again, going back to what happened in the 2000 election, anything is likely to happen to hinder people from casting their vote in favor of Barack Obama. I've been talking with the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. I'm hoping to have a Uh, one of the representatives um, from that committee on the show next week. I've I've spoken to her. We've kind of playing phone tag. She did tell me that she's not going to be in the office today. So hopefully we'll be able to speak Monday and firm up uh, her appearance on the show for next Friday. But what they do, this organization has a a program going on right now. It's called the Election Protection to provide primary election day um, information. They have a hotline set up to assist voters, specifically in North Carolina and Indiana. And I'm going to give you that hotline number so in case you have any questions at all or when you go to the polling place to vote on November 4th, if you have any problems at all, the the number that you can call is one eight six six. Our vote. One eight six six. Our vote. It's a toll free number. It's open from six thirty a.m. to eight thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and they're available to help you with any questions or issues that may arise at your polling place. So write that number down, and if you didn't get a chance to to write it down, hit me up with an email. And I'll give you the information again. My email address is j 
J-A-Z-Z-I-N-G underscore O-O-O at yahoo.com, and I will forward you that information. So I'm looking forward to having this lady on next week, and she can talk more about what you can do to protect your right to vote in this general election and what to look for in case, you know, because we know issues are going to come up. They're already starting to pop up. So we have to protect ourselves and make sure that we get a chance to cast our vote because your vote do count and don't let anybody tell you anything differently. There's no reason that I can think of why you should not get out and vote in this election. And if for some reason you can't, they've made it easy. You can cast your vote early, beginning October 16th, next Thursday, starts early voting. So if you want to, you know, bypass all that stuff that's going to be happening at the polls on Election Day, get out and cast your vote early. Take advantage of that opportunity to vote early. Again, early voting in North Carolina begins next Thursday. October 16th. So one of the things I want to talk about is another article that I read in the news, and this has been in the news a couple of times, actually, um, where they were talking about the tainted milk in China, baby's milk. Babies were dying from drinking milk that's been contaminated with a product called melamine, and that product is now, has now been found in Vietnam. And don't think for a moment that these products, that we don't have to be concerned about it here in the United States. Because some of the research that I've done into this substance called melamine shows that tainted food has also been found here in the United States. In Connecticut and in California, some candy um that's right white rock, white rabbit creamy candy that's sold in California and Connecticut has been found to have traces of melamine in it. They also have products that are some crackers that are imported to the United States from Malaysia and Indonesia that's also tainted with melamine. Melamine is also used as a powdered dairy creamer, and that's imported to the United States from Thailand. According to the Philippine Health Secretary, he, who identified some tainted products in their country, he said that 28 products, including M&M chocolate candies, powdered milk, and yogurt, He's saying that they have been cleared for sale. Excuse me? Um, if they suspected that it was in these products, you know, M&M's is a popular candy here in the United States. So, of course, they wouldn't want any negative scandals associated with it. And if they did have traces of it, do you think they would not still ship it to here to our people? I'm just throwing it out there. I've heard a couple of times people saying that Hershey's chocolate tastes a little different, the texture's a little different. Give me a break. It is definitely a concern. We really, really need to be careful about what we put in our mouth. I mean, everything that they say is edible, you've got to use some discretion and some judgment and some 
you know, be a little more discerning about the stuff that we eat. We need to start eating healthy anyway. You know, what is this melamine stuff, you know, that's causing such a controversy? Melamine is combined with formaldehyde. You know, what is formaldehyde is usually a, it's a durable plastic. You know, don't they use that in a bombing fluid? Oh. So why are these companies using melamine in their products in the first place? And it's an illegal substance, but they use it to add the food products in order to increase the apparent protein content. So they have tests to estimate how much protein levels are in a product by measuring the nitrogen content. And so that can be misled by adding nitrogen-rich compounds such as the melamine. Melamine is also used as a fertilizer. In 2007, the New York Times reported that the addition of melamine scrap into fish and livestock feed to give the false appearance of higher levels of protein, this was an open secret in many parts of mainland China, reporting that melamine scraps was being produced by at least one plant processing coal into melamine. And then four days later, again, the New York Times reported that despite the widely reported ban on melamine use in vegetable proteins, at least some chemicals manufacturers continue to selling it and using it in animal feeds and in products for human consumption. And one Chinese official said that his products are mostly used for additives for human consumption and not for animal feed. That's scary. Melanine is very toxic, but in low doses it by itself is not. But when it's combined with chiuric acid, it causes fatal kidney stones. And it's also described as being harmful if swallowed, inhaled, or absorbed through the skin. And if you ingest a lot of it, it may lead to reproduction damage, bladder, or kidney stones, which can lead to bladder cancer. And you know, uh, we just had that issue with a lot of these dogs eating contaminated dog food, and that was because the products contained a certain amount of melamine. And they had a big pet food recall in, I think it was about 2007. And, you know, most food products are not routinely monitored, you know, except to the – and it's also contained in plastic and insecticides also. And and the position of the FDA here in the United States is that tiny traces of melamine are not harmful in most foods except baby formula – and the U.S. government expert, that's what a U.S. government expert said. 
and the FDA said its safety experts have concluded that eating minuscule amounts of melamine, and they're saying 2.5 parts per million, would not raise health concerns even if a person ate food every day that was tainted with the chemical. Come on, how stupid do they think we are? What about the cumulative effects of eating it? Melamine is not something that's easily dispersed out of your system. You decide for yourself the cumulative effects of adjusting 2.5 parts per million over a period of time. Is it worth the kidney stones, the kidney failures, or other health issues that could possibly arise from eating those MLMs and other tainted food products? Okay. I work at a major hospital here in, in town, and one of the things that I just found out is this hospital is expecting within the next 10 years at least 20,000 or more cases of cancer. Actually, they're expanding the hospital, building more rooms on their cancer unit to accommodate the increase in patients they expect to receive and treat for cancer. How are people getting these diseases? Could it be from the food that we eat? Here's some food for thought and some comments that were posted on a couple of sites that I looked at regarding this melamine issue. One of the bloggers said, we have been poisoning each other for so long that now we look to blame, and he's talking about China, blame, blame any country that screws up. First, clean up your own backyard at home before raising hell about another country's problem dropping, dropped on the world. Every company since the beginning of time has looked for ways to cut costs, and that's one of the reasons why they're using this as a protein additive, to cut costs. China found many over the years, and you, the same ones complaining, helped finance them by buying their cheap products instead of those made in the good old U.S. of A. And here's what a second person had to say. Complain if you must, but be honest. Go through your home. See how many things you have bought over the years that says made in China on them. Then smack yourself upside the head for supporting their greed for more money and cutting prices with the use of harmful chemicals. Another person writes, can one tell whether they have, how can one tell whether they have ingested or come in contact with melanine? Is there some blood test or urine test that can tell? Animal feed has been reported to have been tainted with melamine and fed to hogs and chickens in the United States. And this person is saying that he and others that he knows of have had unexplained kidney stones, blood in the urine, and extremely high blood pressure, which are all known to be symptoms of melamine. And, of course, it could be symptoms of other things, but in this case, he seems to be attributing it to products that he's eating that contains melamine. And he's saying who um, the Center for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, and the FDA are doing, what are they doing to identify and track the reports of incidences where melamine has been found in food products. And this one I thought was interesting. Early um, eating large 
quantities of protein, such as an unbalanced Atkins diet, is not generally safe for humans anyway. Protein is hard on the kidneys of humans and animals alike, and you must overcompensate with large quantities of fluid to avoid affecting the kidneys. Well, too much of anything is, is bad for you anyway. Also, he just read on CNN that Cadbury has confirmed preliminary tests showed melamine contamination in some of their chocolate products and other in other parts of the world. Right. In other parts of the world, Cadbury is saying that their tests show that melamine has been found in some of their chocolate products. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up this chocolate thing is because a lot of you guys celebrate Halloween, and we know what those kids get, a lot of chocolate products. So, you know, use wisdom um, and just, you know, decide for yourself. Be careful. Go organic. Go natural. Grow your own fruits and vegetables like we used to do. With the state of the economy right now and the way everything is going, we need to go back to the basics anyway. And one of those things, we used to have neighborhood gardens when I grew up. You know, people would get together and they would plant all kinds of uh, fruits and vegetables. We need to go back to, to basic living and eating more organic food products. I'm all for that. So that's going to do it on that segment of the melamine. And I'd, I have about eight minutes left, and I want to touch on an interest, interesting subject. Is Barack Obama really going to be the first president of color? Well, according to a booklet that I'm holding in my hand right now, he will not be. In 1963, when President Kennedy was the attorney general, he and Senator Jacob Javits said that there might be a Negro president in the next 30 or 40 years. And at that time, a magazine was out called The Fact. And they replied to that statement, indicating that there already was a, a Negro president. And they reported that in their January, February 1964 issue, where they ran an article that the American's first Negro president was named Warren G. Hardy. Warren Hardy was the 29th president, and he was in office from March 4th until uh, March 4th, 1921, until August 2nd, 1923, when he died of a heart attack at the age of 57. He was a Republican from Ohio, and one of his grandparents may have been of African American descent. And apparently, um, a couple of other presidents had African-American blood strains in their genealogy. Most notably, Abraham Lincoln. That's right. Abraham Lincoln was said to be the illegitimate son of a Negro in his campaign for presidency, he was often referred to as a Negro by his opponent. He was even depicted as a Negro. He was called Abraham Africanus I. There was, and, and this person, his, confident, his confidential servant, William Slade, an ex-slave and a Negro, had 
much fairer hair. And this person, I believe, was a close friend of um, Mr. Slade and a law partner. He said that there was something about Lincoln's origin he never cared to dwell on. And all we know about President Lincoln's parentage and birth, and this was in Lincoln's own handwriting, were two brief records. One was an entry in his Bible that he was born on February 12, 1809, and the other was a brief autobiography which he gave Mr. Reed Fell in December 1859. And that, Lincoln was really, really plagued by that because he kept that a secret all of his life. And it wouldn't serve him, it wouldn't rebound in his honor to, to prove that he was part Negro. His vice president was said to be a Negro. His vice president was Hannibal Hamlin. And he was a United States senator from Maine. He was often attacked on the floor of the Senate because of his dark skin. And to one opponent, he replied, I take my color from nature. You get yours from the brandy bottle. And he was just as, if not more, outspoken against slavery than Lincoln was. And Hamlin is what we call mulatto, but he has what they say black blood in him. Mention of a Negro, and I'm reading from the book. The book is entitled Five Negro U.S. Presidents, and it's written by J.A. Rogers. And I have authorization from their attorney to cite, to use this book as a reference to the topic that we're talking about at this time. And if you're interested in getting more information, they also sent me a book list. Uh, Mr. Rogers has written several books um, on this topic and has written extensive documentation and bibliographies on racial intermixture that has gone on in the United States. And if you want more information about that, again, hit me up on my e send me an email, and I'll get that information to you. But he goes on to say in the book that um, the mention of Negro strain in Lincoln was revived most unexpectedly in 1940 when the television station RKO was doing a world premiere of a motion picture on Abraham Lincoln, and it was called Abe Lincoln in Illinois, and they offered a prize for any American who most resembled Abraham Lincoln. And the winner of that contest was named Thomas Bomer, B-O-M-A-R, and he was a lawyer and president of the National Postal Alliance. And after he submitted a, a picture and he appeared in person, the judges were amazed because he resembled, he looked so much like Abraham Lincoln that they thought Abraham Lincoln had come to life. But before the premiere, it was discovered that Bomar, who to all looked like a white man, he was actually a Negro. So, of course, they didn't use him in a movie, but instead he was given a prize and sat in the first row the opening night, and they didn't say anything about the contest. Also, 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 I'm looking in this book, and it's, showing, it's got one picture of Abraham Lincoln with his woolly hair and dark complexion. A lot of these presidents who obviously looked black, in the history books, the pictures have been sanitized and and 
made them look whiter than um, they actually were. I'm looking here at a picture of Alexander Hamilton. One picture showed him with nappy hair, kind of thick lips, and I'm looking at a Caucasianized picture of Alexander Hamilton that's in a New York Public Library collection, and he looks a little whiter, sharper nose, and his hair, is, the texture of his hair has changed. Maurice Davey, a professor of sociology, and I have someone in the chat room. Thank you so much for joining us in the chat room. I appreciate it. Uh, yes, I am based in, New U- in North Carolina. Let me see if I can. Yes, I'm answering the question to this person that's in the chat room. Thank you so much. I didn't see. Oh, Black Talk. Well, we have about 90 seconds left to the show. Oh, I should have did more time, but that's okay. We can continue this next week if you want to, but I want to get this out real quick. Maurice Davey, a professor of sociology at Yale University, says, among notable Americans, the story persists that Hamilton, Ham- Hamilton was born on the island of Nevis um, and was of Negro descent. So will Barack Obama be the first president of color? Well, according to no, he won't, but it's nice still that we have a man of color going for the highest office here in the United States, so get out and vote and make your vote count. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Far Rock Live. I am your host, Shirley, and thank you so much for tuning in. Tune in next week, and maybe we'll continue with this topic, but I'm looking forward to having um, a representative again on the show from the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights under law. Have a great day, and don't and remember, don't forget to go out and vote. And if you have the opportunity to vote early, do so. Thursday, October sixteenth, starts the early process. Cast your vote. It's gonna count. It's gonna make a difference. Thank you, Black Talk Radio, for visiting me in the chat room. I appreciate your presence. Have a blessed day. That's going to do it for the show today.